This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hi, friend. Welcome to this episode of Decoding Obesity. You know, exercise is an essential part of overall health, but how important is it for obesity? You know, in the recent years, there's been a big push towards increasing physical activity in children, which was especially seen in the recent Obama administration. I have with me Jessica Kalier. She is a certified exercise physiologist, nutritionist, and a health coach, and he's been in practice for over 10 years. Now, we're going to be discussing about what are the tips and tricks that we can use to increase physical activity in children. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about, you know, how important is this physical activity in children? There's a big push everywhere about getting kids to be more active. How important is it? I think it's very important. And I think it's even more important now than even when I was a child, because we've seen such a rise in screen time and virtual different activities that we've removed so much of that physical activity from children. We've also cut back a lot of schools have cut back on gym activities. So, you know, we used to have gym daily. Now it's sometimes they only have it for a quarter. So we're seeing a really big decrease in physical activity in children from very early ages. So I think right now the big push has really been how do we start to get some of those same things back and how do we cut back on screen time and increase physical activity? Because we are starting to see the correlation with rise in pediatric obesity. Right, right. And how early can kids start exercising really? So I think you have to look at exercise versus physical activity. And it's funny because when we talk about it with adults, we always discuss that we need exercise and not just physical activity. We need both. With kids, it's a little different because really what we're looking for for children is how do we get them active at least an hour a day? So we don't want to put the term exercise on it for them. We just want them moving. And I say, as soon as a child can move, they should be moving, period. We shouldn't be restricting, obviously, safety, but we shouldn't be restricting their daily activity. We want them up moving as much as physically possible. So I say right from the moment they're able to move, to encourage it as much as we possibly can. I see. So what can people do? I mean, what can especially parents do to get their kids to be physically active, especially, you know, in these in this fast paced world where everybody is busy, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times the easiest solution is to kind of have the kids sit in front of the television. So what can parents do or what do you recommend that parents do so that, you know, kids can be active and we can still kind of have some sense of sanity as parents? And being a parent myself with two children, there are days too, I'm like, please stop what you're doing because mine run amok all the time. But I think the biggest thing is from a parent standpoint is being the model and doing it as a family. Because I think, it, you, you know, it's really in that age group, they're watching what we're doing. So if you're very active and moving around, your children are going to follow suit as well. You know, it's hard for us if I'm going to sit on my phone and scroll through Facebook and say to my kids, well, you can't sit on your tablet. It doesn't work well, where if they see us up moving and enjoying different activities, naturally they want to join. I'll give you an example. We do have a small functional gym in our house that I use more than my husband. He races dirt bikes and stuff, so he's very active as well. But my kids will, will ask to come down. It definitely slows it down, so I, do, I won't lie. I do work out before they get up in the morning. But it's nice because they'll ask, can I come down and do it with you? So I make them little workouts that they're incorporating, and really they're just moving. And I think that modeling piece is the biggest thing because you have to do it as a family and you can't single out one child 
or one person in the family, if everybody works at it together, then they start to enjoy that activity. And I think two very age appropriate activities, you know, we're not going to go and take a five-year-old and say, well, we have to go down to the gym and, and do some kind of workout, but do they want to play tag? My kids chase each other constantly. And you talk about sanity. Some days I question it. My son's wrestling this year. So now all the two of them do, he wrestles his sister constantly. Like that won't lie. There's sometimes I wish we can give them the tablet, but it's good because they're constantly finding different activities, but it's a lot of that modeling after what my husband and I do. I see. So I think from what I'm understanding is kind of incorporating this as a family rather than setting specific times for doing physical activity or specific activities that are going to be say specific for just children to do kind of incorporating as a, as a family experience would probably help. Right. So how do you help, you know, people who are coming to you innovate things to get, you know, kids to be more active and how do you motivate the kids that come to you to kind of start exercising and start moving? I think talking to them what they might enjoy, because you're also too, you're always going to have that population of kids that don't want to go and play a sport. And there's nothing wrong with that. But do they enjoy riding their bike? Do they enjoy going for a walk? Talking to them and find what they would enjoy that gets them up and moving. And sometimes too, sometimes we do have to be the parent that I know you want to sit on your tablet for eight hours a day. It's just, you can't. But like I said, I think it really helps if we attack it and find what they might enjoy and make it fun. And really with kids, if it's not fun, they're not going to stick with it. But if they start to see activity as fun, that'll carry on with them throughout their lifetime. Yeah, I think that's true for adults also. If it's not fun, yeah. nobody's going to do it, right? <laughs> I actually have that same lecture with adults all the time is that you have to find the mode and method of exercise that you enjoy. You may never love what I do, but you got to find something you're going to stick with. Right. And what are your thoughts on, you know, these new now media things that are coming out? Like I know back in the day we had, you know, these video games that were making you active and they're becoming more and more advanced now to kind of have that virtual reality feel and still be active. And they're fairly enjoyable. What are your thoughts on that? Are you incorporating that into physical activity? I think if they have the means to do it and they enjoy it and it is getting them to move, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, especially too. I live in Northeast Pennsylvania that it has been a really cold winter and it does get a little tricky this time. And I think as long as they're up moving, I say, go with it if you can. I was going to say, too, we're starting to see more. So our our hospital organization actually purchased Go Noodle, one of the programs for all the surrounding schools in the area. So, and I know my son, who's in first grade, they actually utilize it in their classroom. And there are these five little minute physical activity breaks. And it incorporates education with it. And the kids love it. It gets them up out of their chair for every, you know, every half hour, hour on the day getting these kids up moving. And I think that's been a big piece too. And they like it because it's up on the computer. It's real colorful and kid oriented, but it gets them to really enjoy what they're doing. Right. You know, we were talking about talking to kids. And so my question is, how do you talk to adolescents, especially, you know, they have a mind of their own. How do you talk to them about increasing physical activity? And you're right, because unfortunately, anybody who takes care of children it's really the adults, the hard part, because a lot of times when you actually sit and talk to kids about different kinds of foods and activity, a lot of them really want to participate in it. it's getting past the adults. And I think it's how do you once again, kind of incorporate them that what is something you guys can do as a family that you could enjoy or could try to do. And I think you're right. That's the hardest part. And I think, like I said, we struggle the most with just making it a whole family unit. You know, and it goes with nutrition the same way. You know, you can't feed one child differently than you're going to feed everybody else or say, you know, okay, the kids can't eat this, but I'm going to. And I think just how do you start to incorporate those family values? Right. And, and what about the adolescents in the, in the family, not just the adults? The adolescents are a little bit different because I, and I think everybody has their own views on it. I think we can start to talk a little bit more about 
quote, exercise and not just physical activity in that population. I think it's also to seeing where that adolescent has come from, because we sometimes see these adolescents that have really struggled with weight since they were little. And sometimes, too, they've had some, I don't want to say traumatic events, but either, you know, bullying or a variety of different things that it, being really cautious and seeing where they're at and what their thoughts are and how can we incorporate that activity. And some of them you still talk about, hey, can we just walk to and from school? And then there's others you can that really run with into, hey, I enjoy playing sports or, you know, I don't really like team sports, but I do want to go to the gym. So I think it's gauging where they're at, where are they coming from and kind of meet them where we can negotiate. Right. And what about the expectations? A lot of times, you know, people, I can say that for myself too. You know, if I go to the gym, I'm going to have an expectation that I want to have a six pack by the end of six months. And a lot of times because of, you know, all the hype that's there in the media and the images of these great bodybuilders and this and that, that kind of somehow becomes sometimes, not saying always, but somehow becomes an expectation almost. So how do you tackle that? Especially, you know, in the adolescent age group, which is I would say a very impressionable time and a very stressful time for us. And it does get a little hard because, you know, now they're very bombarded with social media. So what they're seeing, and it's hard because you're trying to voice the opinion of a lot of what you're seeing is not really real. So really setting those realistic expectations, like what do you want to go to the gym and do? And I think the biggest thing we can teach them is how do you safely go to the gym? And we see it a lot. You know, they want to go and lift as heavy as they can because they want to lift more than their body. But really stressing that, hey, if we just start to really build the fundamentals, you can grow from there. And I think that's where it's that negotiation of what do you want to do? What are you thinking you want to get to? And setting realistic expectations with them. And then I really do stress the importance of if we really work on the basics, you're going to outlift your buddy eventually. So sometimes you have to sell them on that a little bit. <laughs> I think that is important too, right? Because if you don't have a goal to kind of attain or achieve, the motivation kind of dwindles over time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How much is too much, though? Because a lot of times people can overexert or parents can be overzealous about, you know, the physical activity, especially in younger kids. So how much is too much? And what should the, you know, what should the parents be cautious of? I think it goes hand in hand. I think there is always that there is too much. You know, we know the recommendations are at least 60 minutes a day for kids. But I think really gauging on the kids, if they're now going to the point that they're not sleeping well, You'll start to see, too, kids who are really overexerting and possibly limiting food, which sometimes goes hand in hand, is, like I said, are they sleeping well? What's mood look like? Are they starting to let go of other activities that they enjoy? You know, if all of a sudden they really enjoy hanging out, I don't know, going watching movies, and now they're going to the gym three, four times a day, that's a problem. And I think having that realistic chat with them that, hey, let's set up your schedule for the week. Let's see what we're going to do. And I think sometimes, too, as if they're really starting to get into, especially sports, they become so hyper-focused. And I am a firm believer of being the parent saying, hey, you know what, if this meet this week's optional and you've been going five, six days a week, we need to take time to rest and find something else to do. Because kids will do things as they will continue to keep, you know, they'll go, they'll go, they'll go till they'll drop. And that's what we have to step in as the parent and say, okay, how do we set some realistic boundaries around this? Right. And, you know, this raises another question is, you know, what are some of the safety boundaries that we can set for kids, you know, the younger kids and adolescents uh, when they're just starting out, not when they've been, say, physically active, they're just starting out. What are some of the things that you caution them against in terms of, you know, how to build on their physical activity from, you know, when they're starting from zero? 
the biggest thing is safety. So chatting, you know, what do you want to do? Where are you doing it at? Are we drinking enough? Let's be honest. Kids will wait until they're beat red, ready to fall down and really paying attention to those cues and seeing how they're acting. If they're, you know, they're running and they need a couple minutes to catch their breath, but then they keep trying to redo it is having that conversation of, okay, hey, give it a couple minutes. Let's go a little slower for a minute. And just kind of dictating, seeing how they're able to recover from what they're doing. The good news is depending on the age groups, younger kids being a little bit easier is they're very good at self-regulating themselves. They'll tell you they're done and they won't continue to keep going. The adolescents are a little bit harder because they will tend to push past that comfort point. So it's being, once again, being the adult saying, hey, we want you take a couple minutes. Why don't we call it a day? Right, right, right. So, you know, Jessica, I think this has been a very interesting discussion. I just want to know before we end this session, what are some of the tips that you would, you know, give families as a unit to start exercising, especially even at home? Or I'm, I want to rephrase it's how start increasing their physical activity even as home, because like I mentioned, you know, working as a unit will help increase the physical activity in the kids and help them model that. So what are some of the recommendations, especially, you know, in the cold out there, nobody's going to go out and, you know, in a, and run in the snow. Some people do, but, you know, not with kids. So how do you how do you help them increase the physical activity? Or what are the tips that you give your clients or your patients to start doing that at home? Big thing is I always discuss, like, if you're going to be, you know, especially, and it is true, when it's cold and we're stuck inside, how do we can encourage everybody to get up and get moving? I say either set timelines essentially like okay hey you can chill out for an hour and then we got to get up and do something and something kind of can be age dependent do you play a game with the kids that you know if they're really young simon says my kids like i said they'll run loops around my house and they'll find games if it's a little bit older can we do some chores you know i mean just things that are in that's really not fun but can we encourage them to be up and moving if it's not so bad outside can we bundle them up and take them outside i'm a firm believer even if it's cold you can go outside if kids live closer to school and the option is to walk to school safely, can we start encouraging them to walk to and from school? Can we walk with them to and from school? Is there different activities that we may go do on a Saturday, you know, a trampoline park or various different things that we can kind of build into getting out of the house and get moving? I think those are some good tips. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me. I think this was a very fun episode. I hope my listeners are able to take away some important tips from there and kind of incorporate them in their lives. Uh, well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I'll see you all next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.